0: pot, alcohol, you name it. And I look across the room and there's Paul's wife sitting on the couch. The air is thick with smoke, the room dimly lit, and there's loud laughter and cursing in the air. Paul's wife sitting on the couch with a baby in her arms.
1: This is Camus, And this is Kylie. Welcome to God is Real, God is Good a podcast where we collect stories about God working in people's lives through big, miraculous ways all the way down to small, everyday things. Hi, this is Camas, and welcome to this week's episode of God is Real, God is Good. And this week I have Byron here with me. Um, Byron goes to church with me. That seems to be everybody I'm recording <laughs> lately. But life is busy, so why not record those church members you haven't gotten to yet? <laughs> Yes. Um, Byron is Lorene's husband, and Lorene has been on the podcast already and sharing her testimony, which was really just a big blessing. Mm -hmm. Um, So, we're excited to have Byron and see what he has to share. (laughs) So, we're going to start with prayer. Dear Father in heaven, thank you for Byron and his willingness to share his testimony. Just be with him, give him the words to speak, and have your Holy Spirit lead him in what to say. Be with us, give us ears to listen. And help us to learn from the lessons that you have taught Byron. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you for having me on, Camus. I appreciate the opportunity. Mm -hmm. And uh, I pray that my testimony will will touch someone's life and make a difference Mm. in their world.
1: Yeah, I think we all pray for that.
0: Well, let me start out by saying in Luke 15, there's a story about, uh, oh, it's a parable about Jesus was talking, and he's, he's giving an example of a shepherd and sheep. And the, sh- and the sheep have st- sheep have strayed away, and he's looking for that, that lost sheep. Mm-hmm. And I kind of thought, well, you know, that's my testimony, how Jesus found this lost sheep, myself. Yeah. <laughs> well, I grew up just over the hill from Hollywood in San Fernando Valley. I was raised in a Christian home, I was in the sheepfold, you could say, yeah. but the good shepherd didn't mean anything to me.
2: Mm.
0: I was put in a Christian school up to grade three, and then from there, my older brother and I were put in public schools. Oof. My dad wanted us to get a better education.
1: Oh, really? So he thought public school would do that?
0: That's what he thought. Mm. And we did get an education all right, Yeah. but it turns out it wasn't quite the one he was... And after he yeah. was hoping for. Mm. So the influence to look at the greener pastures over the hill started in grade four when I was exposed to worldly people. Mm. I started seeing inconsistencies in church people's lives and the worldly people's lives. I saw no difference in these two groups of people.
1: Oof, that's really sad.
0: Yeah, it is. I remember in fifth grade I traded with a classmate a matchbox car for his St. Christopher necklace. Mm. I thought it was cool wearing a necklace. Yeah. A couple of days later when his mom found out about it, whoa. Hey, Byron, we, my mom's really upset. We got to trade back. Oh. <laughs> I said, sure. Okay, there you go. We traded back. Mm. And And I thought, you know, that's something important to his parents.
1: Yeah.
0: And meaningful. And he doesn't know anything about that.
1: That's crazy.
0: And I knew in the back of my mind my parents in church didn't approve of St. Christopher, but I wore it for a couple of days and my parents didn't tell me to take it off.
3: Mm,
1: that's interesting.
0: As I progressed through junior high, I just saw more and more inconsistencies in people's lives and in the world in general. One of my friends, his mom and dad both worked, so there was no one home when school got out. We would go over to his house. Sneak cigarettes and gunpowder. His dad loaded his own shotgun shells and we'd smoke and make firecrackers.
1: Oh, <laughs> lovely ideas.
0: <laughs> what was really happening in my life? Well, he and I were stealing from his parents. But nothing happened and we were having fun. Yeah, Or so we you thought. thought. <laughs> but what was happening was we were heading down a road. We were developing thought patterns and habits where self was the center of everything.
1: Mm-hmm. And you know, all those thought patterns and stuff, uh, they start really young.
0: Yes, very young. And I think that
1: Satan knows that, and so he mm-hmm. tries to get us while we're young, you know, to I, see those inconsistencies and, definitely. and faults in other people, yes. so that way we are led astray.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and habits can be hard to break. But we can develop new habits, too. We can. (laughs) Praise the Lord for that. Amen. Well, my dad told me, Byron, enjoy your childhood while you're young. So I took him up on his offer. And my last year in junior high, I was in the principal's office, probably a third of the year.
2: Oh, goodness. And here's
0: what happened. You bend over, you get swatted, and that's it. Your bottom stings for a little bit. Big deal. (laughs) That's all? But towards the end of the year, I saw I wasn't going to graduate, and so I got my Mm -hmm. act together, and I just barely graduated from junior high. (laughs) High school was a new opportunity to harass the teachers, and I'm ashamed to say I was the principal one to cause a brand new teacher, this is her first job, to take two weeks off so she wouldn't have a nervous breakdown.
3: Oh, goodness.
0: In the back of my mind, I kind of felt sorry for her.
3: Mm -hmm. but
0: I was having fun tormenting her.
1: Yeah, (laughs) that sinful nature coming out.
0: (laughs) All this while, I'm floating along with the stream of the world, just going along with what everybody's doing. I thought I was free and really living it up.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Now, we were all taught in school, everything is relative. There is no absolute right and wrong. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: And we saw the pictures in the textbooks. You know where we came from? I'll tell you. Fish. Fish? Yes, I can, I can picture it right now. On, the, on my textbook on the left-hand side, there was a column, a couple of cells at the top, and they got bigger, and the fish appeared, and then it got a bigger fish, and then it grew legs, and down at the bottom of the page, there no. we are.
3: Mm.
1: <laughs> it's a very bleak way to start life.
0: <laughs> so, what did my church say? I know they didn't believe that.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: But
0: here was science. So, who do I believe? Mm. The only difference I could see between the church folks and my friend's parents was the church people didn't smoke and drink.
1: Oh, that's kind of sad that that was the only (laughs) difference that you saw.
0: Yes. In high school, I took some shop classes, and I thought, I want to do something useful. And then I met the high school metal and welding shop teacher, Mm -hmm. Mr. Lee Deneen. Now, Mr. Deneen had a reputation. He's a cool teacher. Oh. He doesn't turn you into the principal's office. More than once, I observed something like this. Mike, what's that you have in your pocket? Cigarettes. Let me have them. Well, they were handed over where they were promptly taken over to the wash sink, put under the water until they were thoroughly soaked, and then handed back to the student.
3: Mm. (laughs) Hmm.
0: That welding shop teacher became the leading influence in my life.
3: Mm.
0: I appreciated three things about him. One is, you knew where the boundaries were in his class. Out there, there are no boundaries. We're all taught everything is relative, remember? Mm -hmm. But in his class, everyone knew his boundaries. I liked that you can operate safely within those boundaries, do just about anything you wanted to in those boundaries, but you were punished if you got outside of those boundaries. Mm. Another one was that he would scour magazine articles for useful, emphasis on that, useful (laughs) projects for his students. I still have and use the toolbox I made in high school.
3: Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool.
0: It's a neat memory when I look at that and I think about my my high school metal shop teacher. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: In the summertime, he was employed as a welder. He wasn't one of these teachers, you know, that goes from one side of the desk to the other side of the desk.
3: Yeah.
0: He had, you know, practical applications, and and he shared those with with us. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: And the other one is, he's the only adult that encouraged me in something. Really? Only one. I remember him saying, Right, you've got natural talent. (laughs) And, and years and years, it just shows you the, the influence that teachers have on us. Mm-hmm. Years and years and years later, even today, I think about how would Mr. Deneen do this? Hmm. People would bring small repair jobs to the school, and he would hold them till my class and have me do them. That meant something to me.
1: Yeah, that he had faith in you that yeah. you could do it.
0: Yeah. He taught us something useful. We were getting our first jobs at that time, and he taught us how to relate to the boss and how to relate to the other employees no. been there. You know, no. we're the new kid.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I got my first job in a motorcycle shop. By this time, I was a couple of years into off-road motorcycle racing. I didn't do too bad. I was sponsored twice by local motorcycle shops. They'd say, here, here's a jersey and a motorcycle. Go ride for us. <laughs> My hair was down to my shoulders at that time.
3: Oh, yeah. By
0: that time. And I was 17 and couldn't wait to get out of my parents' house. Mm. I was very rebellious and told my dad I didn't want anything to do with him or his God. As soon as I'm 18, I'm out of here. Well, he said, why don't you just leave right now? What? Right now? Okay. Ah. I grabbed my coat and I walked out.
1: Wow. That's
0: crazy. My older brother told me later he was so proud of me for telling our dad off. Well, when I got out of high school, I was still working at the motorcycle shop, and it turned into a full-time job.
2: Mm-hmm. I
0: worked my way up to head welder and head mechanic, and I should have stayed there, but I got more involved with drugs and alcohol and smoking, mm. and my life started accelerating downhill from there.
3: Yeah,
0: I became a thief stole from my boss, and made custom exhaust pipes on the side with the shop's material.
3: Oof,
1: not a good idea.
0: No, in the back of my mind, I knew that was wrong, and Mm -hmm. that bothered me. I remember my brother and I were high in my apartment one night. The room was dimly lit, and I turned to him, and I tried to say, the Bible is true, but I couldn't get the words out of my mouth. I don't Mm. know how to explain I just couldn't speak that, but I was trying to tell him that. There was some force holding my words back. He looked at me trying to speak and said, I got all wavy and he couldn't understand my words. Mm. At that moment, we saw something at the other side of the room. He turned to me and said, did you see that? I said, yeah, I did. A black object about the size of a man moved from one side of the room to the other side.
3: Mm. How scary.
0: In my apartment one evening... I was listening to Dwayne Almond. He's the Almond Brothers band back in the old days. <laughs> you know, most rock and roll bands had one one drummer. The Almond Brothers had two drummers,
3: oh. and he,
0: Dwayne Almond, was a fantastic guitar player. Mm-hmm. So the next day when I got home from work, I wanted to listen to that album again, but I was straight this time, not high, and. I couldn't make heads or tails out of it.
1: Really?
2: It was
0: all a bunch of gobbledygook. When I was normal, nothing fit. Hmm. I was shocked. And I thought, something's not right here.
3: Yeah. You shouldn't only be able to understand (laughs) music while you're high. Huh?
0: The good shepherd was calling to my heart. Mm -hmm. And I said, no. Well, I decided I wanted life on a road. And become a long-haul truck driver. I found a truck driving school and put myself through. Nobody would hire me because I was under 21 and I never had a driving job before. My brother's old-time friend, Kevin, managed to get a job driving a ready-mix truck. Mm -hmm. And he said, hey, Byron, come on over. Maybe I can put in a good word for you. Well, I rode with him and learned the ropes. I applied and I got hired. Yay! I became good friends with Kevin who was an alcoholic,
3: Mm. and we
0: went in together and rented a house close to our work in a bar with an older guy. He's like 50 years old, old and haggard looking. I worked with him. He was a concrete pumper, and I was driving the Ready Mix truck at the time. Mm -hmm. I looked at his face in the bar there, and I'm thinking, the two of us are doing the exact same thing.
3: Mm.
0: I came in here to get a buzz. Am I... Looking at myself in 20 or 30 years, mm. it was not a good thought.
3: Yeah, definitely.
0: <laughs> and the good shepherd was again calling to my heart, and I said, no.
3: Mm.
0: God's
1: trying to show you where you were headed, and you're just like, I nope. don't care. Nope,
0: nope. Mm. But the shepherd never quit looking for me, Camus. Oh, no, he <laughs> never does. In the parable, it says he keeps searching about that time. Kevin and I started hanging around with a group of people who were on the fringes of the Hell's Angels. That gave us some status with the rest of our friends. The only reason to work now was to party hard. Mm. That was what it's all about. Mm. In that type of group, you have a hierarchy. The meanest, roughest, toughest guy was their leader. His name was Donnie. He and I got along because I would work on his chopper. Tune it up.
2: Yeah, yeah. (laughs)
0: Another guy's name was Paul. He was building this magnificent bike, and it turned out just beautiful. Mm. Well, Kevin and I were over at Paul's house one night for a party. Paul had married his girlfriend, but that didn't change his lifestyle.
2: Mm.
0: And here we are, a bunch of 20-year-olds at his house. There was a lot of people there that night. Rock and roll music, heavy metal blasting away. You could feel it. Pot, alcohol, you name it. And I look across the room, and there's Paul's wife sitting on the couch. The air is thick with smoke, the room dimly lit, and there's loud laughter and cursing in the air. Paul's wife is sitting on the couch with a baby in her arms.
3: Oh, goodness.
0: And I'm thinking, something's wrong with this picture.
1: Yeah, babies shouldn't be exposed (laughs) to all that.
0: The shepherd again calling for his lost sheep. And again I say, no. Mm. Well, there was a guy hired at our work, the ready-mix plant, who was an open alcoholic, who would come over to our house to party. Our house was kind of the hub where people would come. And one night, we were all high. And he had come over to do the same thing, what we were doing. He was probably 40, 45 years old. He was, in other words, an old man.
3: Yeah, in comparison (laughs) when you were 20.
2: Yeah,
0: (laughs) And we heard this commotion in the living room. So we go over to the living room and he has his wife up against the wall. He's yelling at her. And when a couple of us came in, he started yelling at us.
2: Mm.
0: Here we are, a bunch of young 20-year-olds, all gathered in a semicircle around him and his wife, telling us kids what we should do to his wife. Mm. I remember the look of terror on her face. Yeah. And she's crying and saying, no, 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 please, please, no, no. Well, nothing happened to her. Praise God. Yes. We told Glenn to take his wife and go home. hmm The shepherd again is calling to my heart, and again I say no.
3: Yeah,
1: God's trying to warn you this path you're walking he, down isn't good.
0: He's trying to say it, Camus, over and over, trying to get my attention, and over and over again I'm telling him no. Mm-hmm. Another time I'm standing at the head of the pool table and it's my shot. In our house that Kevin and I had, there was a detached garage in the back of the house and that was our party room Mm -hmm. And and we got a pool table and everyone would come over and we'd shoot pool and do other things. I don't remember, I was standing at the head of the table that night. I don't know if it was night or if it was in the morning, early in the morning, I don't know. But the room was heavy with smoke. You sometimes you see this layer of smoke, you know, in the room. That's what it was like. And Kevin and I were the only ones left standing. Everyone else had passed out. And God sends his angel to me and says, Byron, look around you at this scene. All right. So I look around the room and I just go around the room like this, come back to where I am.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. And the angel says so I'm looking at these guys, their, their tongues are hanging out, everybody's passed out. They're sitting in their chairs and couches and their heads are hanging down like this. And mm-hmm. the angel says, these guys are a bunch of losers. Yeah. You don't belong here, get out. Mm. And he left. The shepherd again is calling to my heart. Yeah. And I said, you're right, mm. I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> my tough. friend Kevin has since passed away. Dying in a barroom brawl, being beaten to death in a Las Vegas bar. Oh,
1: that's so sad.
0: Somehow, some way, I don't know how, but I wound up with this book.
1: Oh, little steps.
0: I don't know how I got it, but it's a nice little book if it's in your pocket, you mm-hmm. know. And so when we were on doing big jobs at the ready-mix plant I, and we'd have to wait to unload, I'd pull out this book and I started reading it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: This book didn't change my life person this book talks about changed my life
3: amen
0: like you mentioned it's, it's called the book is called steps to christ steps to jesus mm-hmm. i really cherish this little book Yeah, this is very special to me i learned two things from this book the first is god is real
3: mm.
0: which in the back of my mind i knew
3: yeah
0: <laughs> and the second what really blew me away he cares about me Amen. Mm-hmm. Whoa, that was a total revelation in my life. Mm -hmm. When I broke the news to my friends, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to quit smoking. I'm going to quit drinking. You know what they said? Hmm. You're crazy. And they made fun of me. And they said, what are you going to do to have fun? And I said, I I don't know, but I got to try it. Mm. I felt I had at least, I at least had to give religion a fair chance.
3: Yeah
0: give it a fair try. My thinking went thus. If there's nothing to this religion business and it turns out to be a hoax, what have I lost? Mm. I've got nothing to lose. The saint and the sinner wind up in the same place in the end, the grave. But if this is true, that God really does exist, that he cares about me, Mm -hmm. that there is a heaven and I And I don't make this choice. I've lost everything.
3: Yeah.
0: It wasn't until I recognized Jesus' immense love for me and his desire to save me that I had any interest in him.
1: Mm, So true.
0: I got a couple of Bible verses I'd like to share with you that mean a lot to me. It's 2 Peter 3.9. And it says this, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness but is long suffering to us word mm-hmm. <laughs> not willing that any should perish but that all should come to repentance. Yeah. And this one here in Romans 5 I really like this one too. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us. Amen. I saw myself as one of those lost sheep, a mm-hmm. sinner going against God's law. Mm. I didn't continue on that road to heaven from that day. I said yes to the good shepherd when he called me at the head of the pool table. I got off that road. I swerved to the left. I swerved to the right. I took detours. I went back. I got flats and my engine broke down. (laughs) Where I just didn't seem to make any progress sometimes. That's so true. Returning from the broad and wide road to the narrow was tough. But I knew it was not impossible. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Many had gone before me. Just one small step at a time is how you do it. Mm -hmm. Sure, I stumbled and I fell along the way and still do. But we can make it, friends, if we keep our eye on Calvary.
3: Amen.
0: Calvary is where I got my answers. Does God love you?
3: Yes.
0: Does God care about you? Amen. (laughs) Does God want you to be free?
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Does God have a better life for you? Oh,
1: far better than we can even think.
0: <laughs> yes. Calvary answers all these questions, like you said, with a resounding yes. Amen. I was not free throwing up in the toilet from drinking too much, waking up in the morning with a splitting headache, and having my bank account drained with nothing to show for it.
3: hmm
0: Sin is self-destruction. Really and here's what I find that's just amazing. While you are destroying yourself, Satan gives you the illusion that you are having fun and Mm -hmm. free.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: And like your friends were saying, you know, what other way is there to to have fun besides to do that? It's so crazy that that's what our society is like.
0: I know. So my advice is to stay as far away from sin as you can. Mm. If you want to be happy and free... Keep God's Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. I have found it works every time. Mm -hmm. So I went back to school, got a BS in industrial education, then I started taking some pre-dentistry classes where I met Lorene, convinced her to marry me.
3: Oh, that was a good move.
0: (laughs) Yes, that was one of my better decisions. (laughs) (laughs) Thankfully, I didn't get into dentistry, and I decided to my, open my own welding shop. I would probably say because of Mr. Deneen's influence.
3: Mm, probably.
0: Jesus forces no one to follow him, but he drew me with his love. Jeremiah 31.3 says something to this effect. With loving kindness, I have drawn thee. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the fear of going to hell or the reward of heaven that drew me. But when I saw and understood How much Jesus cares for me, Mm. that changed my life. Now, as long as I keep my focus on Calvary, I have peace and happiness in my life that I never had before. Mm. Today, I get up in the morning, drink a large glass of water, and then spend one hour in what we call quiet time. I study my Sabbath school lesson, I read my Bible, Maybe a story. I like those Old Testament stories. They just really resonate with me. (laughs) Or I follow Jesus around as he heals and teaches. And I ask myself, how is this going to affect me today?
3: Hmm.
0: If the Bible and the gospel is not practical, it's really useless, isn't it?
3: Yeah.
0: If it doesn't
1: affect your life or touch you or change you, there's no point in it.
0: It's a waste of time. How does what I've learned in the hour... Make me a better person. Am I more understanding? Am I more caring? Am I more patient? Am I humble? Am I looking at people like Jesus sees them? Mm. Can I make the world just a little better place because I'm here?
3: Mm. That's the goal.
0: Yeah. My dad was getting older, and after my mom passed away, I thought, it's my Christian duty to take care of him. And Mm. I said, Dad, come live with us. I still didn't really like him at the time, but I had this duty. <laughs> <laughs> While I was on my knees praying one time, the Lord said to me, Byron, you blew it as a kid.
3: Mm.
0: Yes, Lord. You didn't treat him very nice. Yes, Lord. And he wasn't able to show you how Christianity works. Yeah. Now, it's your turn. You show him how it works. Mm-hmm. What? What? I was floored. What? Me? Show him? I thought for a few seconds and said, okay, I'll do it under one condition, that you are right here by my side.
2: Mm.
0: (laughs) And you know what his answer was. Yeah. His answer was, of course I will. Yeah, (laughs) duh. So I started looking at my dad with different eyeglasses, and I saw he did the best with what he had to work with. Mm. His father died when he was very young. He didn't have any role model. He worked from a young age to support the family. And his motto was, work comes first, then family. Mm. I didn't like that. I wanted my dad when I was growing up, but he was always at work. Mm. I grew to understand my dad, and yes, love him. Mm. It got to the point where I had to do everything for him yeah and after i would clean him up sometimes i would say a little prayer lord thanks for cleaning me up Mm. (laughs) and it's pretty ironic isn't it Mm -hmm. now i had my dad and his god Mm. (laughs) friends the good shepherd is looking for you today calling your name will you let him heal a broken heart deliver your captive soul open your eyes to see what is really going on around you mm-hmm. and clean you up, all you have to do is say yes to him right now.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm so glad the good shepherd didn't say, it's too much trouble following Byron around when he keeps telling me no over and over. I am thankful the parable doesn't tell of the shepherd returning without the lost sheep. Yeah, The story speaks of success, not failure.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And the joy shared in the recovery. Even while I was in rebellion against him, he was searching for me. Friends, he's calling your name today. Say yes to him. Mm. God has a plan for your life. Satan's word is wait. God's word is now. Mm. Friend, don't procrastinate like I did. Give your life to God today. Mm. Amen. And I'd like to close with these words of Jesus. These, I have these two texts that really mean a lot to me. Well, I, Luke 19, 10 says, For the Son of Man is come. He came to do something.
3: Yeah, He did.
0: To seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. And then John 6, 37, the last part of that. I've claimed this promise many, many times. Him that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. Mm. Wow, I love that.
3: Amen.
0: Well, tears still run down my cheeks sometimes, but I have now a different outlook on life. I have hope of a new life here and hope of a heavenly life where there is no sin, no selfishness.
3: Mm.
0: It was true. I had nothing to lose, and now I'm gaining everything.
3: Amen. Amen.
0: Will you join me on the walk to heaven? Just say yes, friends. Just say yes. Yes.
1: Amen. I think that's yeah. No, well, thank you for sharing, Byron. I really mm. loved your story. As most of our listeners know, I know almost no one's testimony yeah. before I hear it, but uh-huh. yeah. it's always fun. <laughs> yeah.
3: I
2: think,
1: yeah, I can. I mean, obviously, I never got into drugs or alcohol or anything Praise like that. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. I can really relate to your story, though, mm-hmm. in some aspects of like growing up in the church, mm-hmm. and I did see a difference. Mm-hmm. But like also like you can kind of see the hypocrisy or like yeah where people fall short because ultimately like the church is made up of people yes and we sin fallible people <laughs> yes we sin
0: we mess up yeah
1: and that's like but we're walking with Christ yeah and I know like my dad like he kind of struggled coming to the Lord until later in his life because you know like you're saying he grew up in. He saw the Christians and the non-Christians, and they did practically the yeah, same thing.
0: Yeah, I know, and they seem to be having fun.
1: Yeah, you know, they're drinking,
0: <laughs> yeah. and they're partying, and mm-hmm.
1: like you're saying, that's what people think's fun, and they can't see that there's fun outside of that, but like, I don't know how like having a hangover, and a <laughs> splitting headache, and no money is fun. This is
0: not fun, yeah.
1: No, but like, there's so much joy and fun, oh. and being yeah. a Christian, and in yeah. doing things that honor Christ, Amen. but... Our world is just so caught up and consumed in self that we forget that, you know, there is joy and there is great things to do and fun things to do. You don't have (laughs) to be high or drunk to be able to experience joy. That's
0: right. And these are clean
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) then you don't feel dirty afterwards
0: Yes, and you're Uh
1: not completely drained your bank account so (laughs) that's always nice when you have a little bit of money
0: it helps you know we need need a certain amount to get to live (laughs) Mm -hmm. to pay your bills yeah yeah that's right
1: no thank you i appreciate Uh that it's amazing how god is constantly calling to Mm -hmm. us no matter where we are amen yeah how lost we are Mm -hmm. or who we've surrounded ourselves with because you know, like you're saying, looking at your friend's life and realizing, hey, this is the path I'm walking, you know. Yeah. It really is. Like, there's that old saying that's, that says, show me your friends and I'll show you your future.
0: <laughs> yes. See, that's what I was thinking about when I was looking at some of these scenes that I brought up. I was, is this what I'm going to be like in 20 or 30 years? Mm-hmm.
2: Well,
0: You know, I want to add something, Camus. that just popped into my mind.
2: Yeah.
0: And that is, it's what, Im- what is important is not that you fall.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What the important part is, is that you get up.
3: Mm-hmm. That's
0: what's important. Yeah. It's not that critical that you fell. We all fall down. But the important thing is getting up.
3: Because, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know,
1: like that's that Proverbs that I really like. You know, the foolish man falleth once, but the righteous <laughs> man falleth seven times. Yeah. Well, the reason the righteous man falls seven times is because he keeps getting back getting up. Getting
0: up, yes. That's right. And... Yeah. <laughs>
1: I think that's like important in the Christian walk that, you know, we're all going to fall and we're all going to mess up. And like you were saying at the end, get flat tires, go backwards, (laughs) swerve around. We're all going to mess up, you know, despite our good intentions.
0: And what's so amazing to me is that when when I do fall, Jesus doesn't condemn you. Mm -hmm. He says, I mean, it's just so sweet how he is with us. He just says, here, you want to get back up? you got to say Yes. And then he's right there for you,
1: mm-hmm.
0: helping you again.
1: He's willing wow. to forgive us and like
0: let us try again. Amazing.
1: No, <laughs> he's he's so merciful in mm. that, and it's so yeah. beautiful. And something else I noticed that was kind of cool is you're talking mm. about your shop teacher, Mister
0: Lee Deneen.
1: Lee Deneen. Yeah. <laughs> how he had like those boundaries, <clears throat> and you knew yes. what those boundaries were. And it kinda of reminded me of like the Ten Commandments, like you were saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kinda of like that hedge of protection, mm-hmm. kinda of like a boundary. Yeah. When you stay inside of that, you're happy, you're fine. Mm-hmm. But when you step outside of it, then you're in for a world of That's
0: hurt right. and problems.
3: <laughs> and just Yeah
0: Yeah. We have the freedom to do that. hmm uh, and we can make those choices. And I'm I'm just praying that you know your listeners would make those good choices and say yes to Jesus. I'm going to stay within this boundary here. I'm going to get in it mm-hmm. and stay this time.
1: <laughs> yeah, cuz you know. it really does save you from a lot of hurt. Yes. Cuz it's all uh-huh. about like God ultimately wants what's best for That's us. Right. That's why he keeps pursuing us. He mm-hmm. wants to save us from our own self-destructive pathways. Mm-hmm. And so if we stay inside of that hedge of protection, he can be there for us. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't mean we're not going to have problems or pain. Mm-hmm but he can protect us and be mm-hmm. with us in a special way. Yeah. But like when you step out and you're drinking, doing yeah. drugs and running crazy, <laughs> then he can't protect yeah. you as well cuz you're rejecting him. That's but right. you know, thankfully he keeps pursuing us despite our many rejections. <laughs> Amen. And he still works with us. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brian. I really appreciated that. It's at least it felt very relatable to <laughs> me. Just mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we all have those times where we Go astray, or we feel very far from God, but He never stops pursuing Amen. us. I know. That one over the wow. ninety-nine others. <laughs> yeah. No. Amen. God's love is amazing. It's
0: totally amazing.
1: Mm-hmm. The more
0: I experience it, the more I want more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it's so. I don't know how to explain it. Maybe it's refreshing. It's invigorating. Mm-hmm. And and it's just exciting.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, like. You were saying that, like, your father never had that father or other figure, so he yeah. couldn't be that father for you. Yeah. And I think we kind of all have that, you know? Like, yeah. we've all experienced trauma or hardships and things with our past that we have to deal with. But mm-hmm. when God comes in and someone loves you completely, knowing mm. all of your problems and wow. your pain, <laughs> it's, it's, like, yeah. amazing. It is. Because it's like someone fully knows you mm-hmm. and fully loves you. Yeah. and wants to help you overcome those obstacles yes. and it's just it's really beautiful you know? it sure is. so like yeah. when we're hurting or we're down and out or we feel far from god you know just turn to him because mm-hmm. he's right there he's willing to help you
0: Amen.
2: and
1: he loves you completely no matter what you've done
0: i know it's, it's just there's no words to describe it yeah <laughs> amazing doesn't seem like it has the weight of the yeah, you know, importance. You know, amazing, awesome, wonderful. Yeah, those are great descriptive words, but it takes more, it, and it's it just seems more fuller than that. You yeah, know? it just leaves
1: <laughs> me in awe. You yeah. know, like mm-hmm. there's no way to describe it, and like you know, like to our listeners, you know, if you haven't experienced that, take Byron up on his offer and <laughs> do experience it because it is beautiful. And there's mm-hmm.
0: you've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Mhm. Really.
1: You really do. Yeah because uh-huh. yeah, right. you know yeah. the things of this world are so fleeting oh yes and you know so at least you know give god a shot for a little bit because it's really not going to hurt you in the end if no. anything it could save you and that's right. what a great gift salvation is that's
0: what i found Camus, and i'm happy i did
1: amen <laughs> amen no god is so great amen thank you for that Lord You're byron <laughs> i love the simple gospel and you really can't beat it because mm-hmm. calvary and jesus like you just You don't get a better story. (laughs) The God who created you coming down and dying to save you, Mm -hmm. even though you're in rebellion from him.
0: That is love.
1: It is. (laughs) It's a love that I don't think we fully understand until Jesus comes into our lives. Yes. Because it's not a human love. You know, we're selfish. We want to steal or whatever Mm -hmm. to help us get ahead or make us think we're living our best, fullest life, (laughs) whatever we think that means. Yeah. But that's a completely selfless love that's yeah. always seeking after the other person mm-hmm. and what they need and what mm-hmm. they desire. Yes.
3: It's so beautiful. Amen. amen.
1: Well, thank you again, Byron. You're I welcome. super loved your story. <laughs> it's I don't know. I don't have words. I just really loved it. I think God really spoke to me today. Amen. I hope He also spoke to all of our listeners and that they take you up on that offer. If you don't know Jesus, you know to try. You know, just to spend a little time with him and learn of him because mm-hmm. it really is worth the effort. Amen. Heaven is cheap enough. Yes. Amen. All right. Well, thank you again, Byron. And everybody tune in next week for Kylie Recording Somebody Else. Bye. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to follow, share, like, and review. Also, you can contact us at our Facebook page that is God is Real, God is Good podcast, or you can email us at God is real, God is good, podcast at gmail.com. Bye. Bye.